step into our confessional. Confess all. We won't tell anyone. Just the entire nation. From Greatest Hits Radio, Simon Mayo's Confessions. Thanks, Reverend. Uh, thank you for coming our way once again. Here we go with another Confessions podcast. Sister Holly is here, guided by her strong moral compass. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Brother Matt is here, having lost the map, broken the sat-nav, and still refuses to ask directions. <laughs> Quite right. Not much yes. chance of him ever finding yeah. any kind of morality at all. Morals of a cesspit. That's right. Although, <laughs> actually, why would a cesspit have bad morals? Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, it was normally sewer rat, wasn't it? Oh, Which okay, at least, mo- but I don't know whether a sewer rat would actually have any morals. It's not their fault they're born there. It might be a very righteous sewer It could rat. be, it yes, could be. yes. Who yes. sets yes. the example for other sewer rats? Mm. Uh, right. Don't you think? Yes, yeah. I mean, that's possible. I think that's definitely that's possible. In, anyway, it? this episode, a special guest appearance from Windsor Davis. Shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> Uncanny. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Yateman. <laughs> References to 70s sitcoms. Let's keep them Holly's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Utterly baffled. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, Matt launches his campaign to win the support of the many thousands of listeners who enjoy running or cycling to work. Who has a shower at work? I've never understood that. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, getting naked at work, never a good idea. And <laughs> being in a shower, did absolutely never, ever There's do that. There's a shower that. at the end of this corridor. Yeah, really? Yes. No one will ever use... I, my, my guarantee, money on the table, no one ever uses that shower. Well, you're wrong, because the showers are damp, the towels are damp, and everyone is in there I, all the time. I don't think they're being used. Um, I, I, I mean, I, th- I still think it's a bit weird... I think I would be definitely checking the locks on the doors mm. and then I wouldn't be able to relax in the shower either. I think you've clearly had... You've got naked at work, haven't you? <laughs> well, you, have, you have to bring a towel with you, but then you've got a wet towel afterwards. Yeah, I mean, that? exactly, mm. exactly. Shower at home like a normal person. Yeah, but if you cite... Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like arguing with a cabbie. Uh, we have more of the confessions marked not for broadcast, another classic from the crypt, and all the confessions from this week's Drive Time on Greatest Hits Radio, including Stan's camouflage caper, Things Are Never Quite the Way They Seem, Chloe's Tale, My Best Friend's Girlfriend, Mr Mackay's Confession from the Cooler, Norman Stanley Fletcher. You see, I'm doing the accents there you again. You are, yeah. And becoming the 70s the sitcom thing again. Yeah. But we're going to start with the first of two lockdown confessions. This is Colin's tale. Breathe the pressure. Exhale, exhale, exhale. Simon Mayo's confessions. We won't tell anyone. What? Oh, sorry, sorry. I mean, we will tell everyone. First of all, a, uh, a warning... <laughs> In case you're eating. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. Good sign. It's quite a stressful confession. It also has a sting in the tail. Mm. Father Simon and the rectors of retribution. My confession dates to the summer of 2021 when the country was in between lockdowns. While my wife was working from home, I as a teacher had finished for the summer, as had our daughter, Sammy. Tensions in the house were at an all-time high after months of being locked up together, the halcyon days of let's appreciate this as we'll never get a chance to spend this sort of time together again, making way for I'm going for a seven-hour walk to get away from you all. <laughs> it was against this backdrop I decided to take Sammy shopping for some holiday items from the aforementioned industrial estate. We set off, me with Rover the dog, Sammy on her bike. All was well until we got to within a 100 or so yards of the Poundland store we'd set off to visit. All of a sudden, I felt a tightening of my abdominal muscles and I bent over slightly. Being 40 and having felt this exact feeling several times before, I knew what it meant. A visit to the loo was in order and fast. Sammy, by this stage, was already at the door of the shop and I knew no amount of persuasion or bribery was going to get her to go back home. I made up my mind to quickly go into the store, buy whatever she wanted and then make my retreat. I agreed to every suggested purchase that Sammy presented me with, shoved them in my rucksack and headed for home. However, by this point, my situation had moved from able to contain with intelligent breathing techniques (laughs) to I can't hold her, Captain. (laughs) Sammy raced ahead on her bike and I was left walking with caution with Rover the dog. Names have been changed. Obviously, I want to change the name of the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. Nevertheless, as I shuffled ever closer to home, I started to believe I could make it. 
But then disaster was to strike. As I had been moving so slowly, Sammy had raced ahead and out of sight. When I got to the T-junction at the end of the road, where we'd had to make a left and cross, she'd made a right and I could see her cycling away into the distance. I cried after her, but she simply moved further and further away. At this point, my survival instincts kicked in and I remember thinking... At times like this, what would Baden-Powell do? <laughs> and I noticed a row of bushes along the back of some houses, uh, yes. and I formulated a plan. I quickly tied Rover up to the nearest lamppost and burrowed my way to the back of the bushes. Time passed. Yes, it did, didn't it? I was finally free. Sammy, by this point, had U-turned and was repeatedly cycling past my hidden position, shouting out for me. Despite being five at the time, her voice was like a cross between Fred Elliott and Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> and I was panicking she'd bring unwanted attention to an already tense situation. You see, my plan was to wait for a minute, sneak out, untie Rover, collect Sammy and head for home. However, this is where my problems really began. An elderly couple out for a walk started to approach Rover, tickling her chin and looking around the place, presumably for her owner, meaning I couldn't sneak out from my position incognito. To make matters worse, Sammy then cycled up to them <laughs> and I could see a conversation taking place involving hand gestures and lots of pointing. The elderly man began examining Rover's collar and then took out his mobile phone. I could see him <laughs> dialing it. Oh, and then talking to someone. Although I was in denial, I knew exactly who he was talking to. <laughs> Within a few minutes, my wife appeared, looking around bewildered. By this stage, revealing my location was simply not an option, so I allowed her, Sammy and Rover to scour the surrounding area for quite a good while until they disappeared from view. Once I was confident nobody was around, I left my position. Time was but a mere concept now, and I had no idea how long I'd been sitting in amongst the bushes. I headed for home, conscious of the numerous missed calls I had from my wife, family and friends. As I got closer to home, however, I found a sense of freedom, that maybe I could own this. I'd spent too many days making excuses for myself or shifting the blame to others. God had sent me a moment to embrace and become the man I was destined to become, and I was going to seize it. I knocked on my front door, and as my wife answered with her, where the heck have you been face on, I took a deep breath, closed and then opened my eyes and said, I've just fainted. Oh. Uh, at first she was sceptical, but the detailed story of how I must have fainted into a pile of bushes began to win her sympathies. Father Simon and the Rectors of Retribution, I ask forgiveness not from my daughter, who had a great time out on her bike, not from the elderly couple, who probably still dine out to this very day on the story of finding an abandoned five-year-old and her dog. No, I ask it from my wife, who not only gave me a giant hug and an apology for being cross with me, but waited on me hand and foot for the next three days, yes. not letting me leave my bed or even change the channel on the television upstairs. She did leave me about six months later, but I'm... <laughs> I'm sure it had nothing to do with this incident at all. Um, I hope you can find it in your hearts to forgive me. Oh, that's very nice. Uh, very good. That's from... so, She's gone. So that's why I went by a sting on the tail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sting yeah. in the tail because very, it was all going good. fine and then all of a sudden not. I don't think that was too gruesome, but it was very, very stressful. Mm. Uh, Sister Holly. I felt stressed even just listening to it. Um, maybe she left you, Colin, because you were lying so much because the whole <laughs> fainting thing was really poor, the fact That's you lied about that. that. Yeah, yeah, but lying to your partner, it's just never good. It's never a good thing to do. And then she was really caring for you. Did you not feel bad over those three days that you just lied? Also, why couldn't you have just... I think you should have just taken Sammy home and gone to the loo there or found a public loo, really. That's what you should have done in this story. Was, I, think, I don't think there was one, I think. Are you telling me that there was no loo near Poundland? None? Not one? <laughs> I find that surprising. Uh, and so for all of these reasons, and also the fact that it's really gross going in the middle of some bushes, <laughs> that is why I am not forgiving, Colin. <laughs> that in Surrey. <laughs> don't do that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's obviously really gross. Unfortunately, we all do it. Um, no, so, <laughs> Maybe not always in bushes. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to forgive. I mean, imagine, imagine if the phone number on the dog collar had been his mobile That's phone. That's what I was thinking. Oh, my goodness me. That would have been superb. But it was uh, very, very funny all the same. Uh, just for the Fred Elliott uh, reference, I'm going to forgive. Um, I uh, Yes, hilarious. And his and his wife's left him since then. Good. I mean, we can't. We can't we've got to forgive him just because of uh, all the uh, horrible things that have happened to Colin. So, yes, forgive him. Simon. 
Simon Mayo's Confessions. I think very few confessions have ended with, and then she left me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Normally it's we're still yeah, together. Yeah, but yeah. What, And also, Holly, what makes you so certain there's always a toilet near a pound land? Surely there must be well, one. Well, why? Why should because there be one? there'll be pound lands in every high street up but and down the country. A, why should there be a toilet nearby? Because they just... Surely there would there would be, because, but you, you know... you can't just keep saying surely there would be, because I'm just saying... Why? We are going to take you on a tour of the nation's high streets and challenge you to find the public loo. I bet you there is one. And, and also Matt's saying, like, oh, yeah, we've all done it. No, we haven't. I don't think we have. There is an app, actually, which shows you where all the public toilets are. Oh, really? Yeah, See? Which is, yeah. Which is very ah. useful. Yes. And I'm sure some of them would be near a pound land. I bet yes. you they would. But not in Surrey. No. <laughs> no. Uh, right, let's have a look at the parish notice board uh, adorned with all your shiny new correspondence, emails, tweets, reviews, verdicts. Uh, on the confessions you've heard, send them all, please, to confessions at greatesthitsradio.co.uk. But first up, of course, we want your reviews. And as ever, we are only ever interested in your five-star reviews. Uh, so we've got a few of them proudly pinned to the top of our parish notice board. This from Mr T Junkie. Confessions are back. Get in. Long-time listener of the show. I was gutted when this disappeared. Then, pow, like a brick to the face, it's back. Surely in a good way, though, obviously. <laughs> Normally a brick to the face, not a good thing. Uh, now I'm laughing along, cutting the grass, listening to the podcast like the old days. Don't ever leave us like that again. Uh, Limborghini, uh, five stars. So I happy. say it wasn't my fault that we left you last time. No, no, no. <laughs> Soz. Uh, so happy you're back, says Limborghini. I was so sad when the old confessions ended, as it was the highlight of my week but you have made my year finding your back. I dream of sending in my confession, but I have far too many to choose from and they probably wouldn't pass the censorship anyway. Uh, so I shall sit back with my cuppa and cake and revel in the exploits of others. And uh, finally, Susie Q9967, uh, five stars, best podcast out there. So pleased you're back. I'm so pleased when your confessions came back. Listening to Simon, Matt and Holly is by far the best part of my day. Absolutely perfect mix of humour and silliness and just makes me smile and laugh out loud. I've now got you via my Alexa too, which is great, as I'm usually listening to the show while driving home from work and sometimes find myself sitting in the car and not going in the house as the confessions haven't finished and I have to find out if they were forgiven or not. Don't ever change. You can't improve perfection. Yeah. Quite right. Yeah. Uh, of course, five-star reviews is all we're interested in. Those are the ones that we want you to leave. So leave us a five-star review and you might get on there next week. Uh, this is from Laura in response to uh, Roger's Weetabix breakup on the last podcast. Uh, she says, Why are men so weird about breakfast cereals? <laughs> yeah. You probably think the guy who had a diet of Weetabix is the odd one. Well, let me tell you, he's not. I'm in my 40s and I've dated several men over the years that have all been weird with breakfast cereals. One that ate shredded wheat 90% of the time, even if I'd gone to the effort of cooking dinner. He'd sit opposite me, <laughs> wow. eat a bowl really? of shredded wheat <laughs> while I ate lasagna. Weird. Definitely. Well rid. Well rid. Yeah. One who ate his breakfast cereal dry without any milk. Oh, Don't dear. trust that. No, no, no. So it was more like a bowl of cat biscuits. And another who only seemed to survive on kids' cereals. So it was Golden Grahams and Cocoa Pops at all hours of the day. I can only assume that this is because they've never learned to cook for themselves. Thanks for the laughs, as always, Laura. I know, well, said. actually, I, that, that last one I think is Okay, you can. I, I I dream of the day when I can have kiddie cereals, and that that would my dream would be that I could survive on kiddie cereals all the time. Sugar through the roof. My diet would be a nightmare, but I would love to be able to just survive on golden. I never want to eat. I never want to eat cereal ever again. Not one cereal. Never another cereal. I don't want. I hate cereal. All you don't eat cereal at all. That's quite strange in itself. No, No, it's not. No, most people would agree with me. (laughs) (laughs) Most people. Cereals. Who wants cereal? I do. No one. Was he a crunchy nut? Or a special it's not, it's not. What's wrong with cereals? What it's were you having instead? Yogurt. Toast. Mm. No, you have... You Yog- have... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yogurt. Uh-huh. Well, not fruit. Oh, fruit. Blueberries. Oh, oh. no! <laughs> granola. Crushed walnuts. Hang on, Chia granola, seeds. that's cereal, isn't it? No, granola granola's counts. not cereal. Granola, I think, is cereal. <laughs> Do you add water to it? Or milk? <laughs> I don't think so. Water? <laughs> Chia seeds. Bit of flaxseed in there. Flaxseed? Yes. Are you cricket bat? This no. is... This is, this is <laughs> I'm just speaking for the nation. Uh, who's this? Oh, Tiff. 
says, hands off my Weetabix. We howled all the way through this week's podcast. Can't begin to say how happy we are that it's back. Matt's ability to find a way to forgive is impressive. Yep. P.S. I was hoping this week's code phrase could have been crawling up your nethers. Mm. It's not that sort of podcast, Tiff. No. no. Not yet, anyway. Yes, mm. yeah, you wait. Uh, Adrian in Leeds is asking if Simon has something to confess. Dear Simon, Matt, and the ever-so-fair Holly, while I'm sure that you take every care to protect the anonymity of your confessors, mm. I feel that Simon might need to enter the confessional after potentially letting slip the true identity of Carol in the reading of last week's Valentine's confession. Great to have the podcast back. I'm a paramedic and often can't listen live, for obvious reasons. Uh, patient care taking priority and all that so having the podcast back is a massive win all the best Adrian in Leeds did I change all of the names apart from one well this is often happens I mean the the very high point of that was when you said this is a conversion from Brian and then literally said Barry in the next sentence that was (laughs) superb I mean I do you know I do go on that thing where it says you know replace and then Click on Barry and then re- type in Brian. So it should change. It all should of change them. all of them. Maybe it's but the system, mm. or it's a production mm. error. I think. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. No. Very much pass that ball to production. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ollie says, "Bravo on the new stroke old podcast. Yes. Five stars. Following your recent educational explanations of Ugandan discussions and looking for badges, <laughs> I'd like to hear Matt's explanation of a vow of ding dong, which had been taken by the." Dalai Lama and His Holiness the Pope in episode five. Care to explain, Matthew? A vow of ding dong. I... Well, you say ding dong all the time when you can't remember the word that you're a looking for. I think I think I probably meant a vow of silence there, didn't I? Uh, a vow chastity. Of, or chastity. The Dalai Lama did he? Well, um, chastity is more likely than silence because the Pope never shuts up, doesn't he? <laughs> got... well, Give it a rest, Pope. No. In the nicest possible no, way. Obviously, but he has lots of important things to say. But he has <laughs> yes. uh, chastity. I don't. I don't. No. Uh, well, definitely the Pope doesn't take a vow. Of silence. Uh, pretty sure Dalai Lama. Well, we'll, we'll report back on the Dalai anyway, Lama. That's why you said it's a vow of ding dong. Vow of ding dong. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You had absolutely no idea what you were talking Nothing. about. Nothing. Um, Susan sent us this. Simon, I feel fate has been connecting our stars recently. Having missed listening and laughing to the Confessions podcast for ages, suddenly you're back in my life. The very same day while watching an episode of Pointless, who should appear on my screen but the lovely Simon Mayo? Surely this is a sign, says Susan. Well, we found that episode from last week. Alexander Armstrong and Vic Hope. Okay, and the question concerns BBC Radio Breakfast Show presenters. So I think everyone knows this show, but in case you don't, there's a big board of famous faces, and the question is how many people out of a hundred would recognise me? What do you think? The <laughs> Here we go. Was? This, is, this is definitely going to be flattering. so. Bearing in mind, yeah. I was up against. Vanessa Feltz. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. It's not going to be pointless. It's definitely no. not going to be pointless. What does that mean? So, pointless would mean that nobody knew who you well, were. But that's a good score in the game of pointless. That's yeah. good. How can that be a good score? Because it's called pointless and you want to be pointless. You want to be pointless. Okay. Yes. Mm. Right. Should we look at the rest of the board? Because you knew. Uh, Simon Mayo oh. at the top. Simon Mayo would have scored you 10. There you go. Vanessa yeah. Feltz yeah. Uh, scores 49. What? 49? <laughs> How does Vanessa Feltz get 49? 49? Is, that, is it better to be 10? No, it's not, is it? That means more people recognise Vanessa Feltz because <laughs> she was recognised by 49. Yes, I was only recognised by 10. Very, very What's strange. What's the point of this podcast? It's <laughs> shame and humiliation. Four times as many yes, people yes. know Vanessa Feltz. Vanessa Feltz. <laughs> Goodness me. me. What's the point of... What's the point? It's good for the person on the game, though. So I don't really. care about that. <laughs> what should I They've care done about well. Going to show you the cash? Thought not. Mm. Anyway, you carry on, Matt. I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Karen Innes tweeted us this, uh, which is uh, great, at Greatest Hits UK's. Your podcast is the only podcast I listen to, and I actively plan a dedicated slot for it into my week. Vanessa M- Feltz. Vanessa Feltz <laughs> uh, makes me laugh so much. It's definitely the highlight of my week. I might try it with breakfast next week, so hands off my Weetabix. And then has tweeted a picture of... Uh, what is that next to the cereal bowl? Some animal. It's right. a, it a giraffe. Like an animal, is it a giraffe? Yeah. Is it a sock puppet? It's a giraffe. Right, it? okay. Well, it's something something that uh, is a balancing I mean, Tony on Tony Blackburn the... would have been fine. Yes, Vanessa, Vanessa, Vanessa yeah. felt. Um, yes, so uh, thanks for that, Karen. Uh, thank you, as always. Uh, send stuff in. 
As long as it makes us feel good, well, me particularly, yeah. confessions at greatesthitsradio.co.uk. Some extra mentions here for uh, Ruth Esbach, Esbach or Esbach? Esbach. Th- Esbach. I don't know. What I'm do you, throwing it Esbach. out there. What do you say? Mike? I'm going to say Esbach. Esbach. Ruth Esbach. Uh, Rosie Coleman, Oggy's Gaming Gang, Elaine Evans, Mike Wright and Caroline Lord, who all tweeted the secret phrase from last week's podcast, which was, of course, hands off my Weetabix. I think this week's... yeah no keep listening though to the end of this podcast to pick up this week's secret code phrase which I'm going to pass to Matt very shortly quick trawl through the gutter uh, as we move on to the not for broadcast uh, section Tea Time Radio has certain standards this podcast has none Mm -hmm. Uh, for example Mark who after a big night out at the pub with mates did the gentlemanly thing and decided not to wake the wife uh-huh. says here, and instead sleep it off in the spare room. Stirring early the next morning, he realised he'd had an accident and he'd wet the bed. So he did what he thought was the decent thing, and he pulled his four-year-old son into bed with him so he could take the blame. His son is now thirteen and still no one knows the truth. Okay, no, I that, think that doesn't get on. No, I don't think. Well, I'd have I'd have put that on myself. Really? Uh, wow. Yes. Uh, I think so. Um, Kim, so, who uh, tells us that while working as a sous chef in a posh nosh gastro pub, they received a late order for a busy table that included a vegetarian chili. Now, as it was close to the end of service, supplies were low, and she'd started packing away. She could have sent the waiter back to the table to ask the customer to choose an alternative. However, there on the side was another customer's half-eaten dish: Ooh. a fresh plate, a quick zap in the microwave and topped up with some beef chilli stirred in hey. and off it went. Oh, no, dear. that's definitely not nah, definitely no. not allowed, souls. Uh, Naughty Vonnie says here, uh, who discovered her then-husband was playing away. Oh. At the time, she worked in an electronics factory where they used tiny fiberglass fibres... Uh, that made your hands really itchy and Are sore. They tiny fiberglass fibers or tiny fiberglass fibers? Tiny fiberglass fibers. So tiny fibers from fiberglass. Tiny fibers of fiberglass. Fiberglass fibers. Vanessa felt. Vanessa felt from the fiberglass fibers. Anyway, they made her hands really itchy and sore with blisters. If you didn't wear gloves, Yvonne smuggled a few of these home and ironed the fibers into her cheating husband's boxer shorts. Needless uh. to say, they separated shortly after. I think basically, as soon as the fiberglass fibers had come up in that confession, you knew exactly where they were going to end up. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. I remember back in Radio One days, there was a con- there were quite a few confessions where, in a similar set of circumstances, people had rubbed, had got a, a, a really potent chilies and mm-hmm. rubbed those into the offending partner's mm-hmm. underpants, and then of course that dries, so it's all perfectly fine. But then, as the, as the body heats up, correct, uh, the juices begin to flow. Right, we don't Ooh. need to hear. That. I mean, we, literally, body heats up. Let's end it there. And, <laughs> and the stinginess. <laughs> the sting, the yes, no, no. sting. We very much got the picture after. Body uh, heats getting up. back to the confessions that did make it into the show. This is Stan's camo caper. Things are never quite the way they seem. Simon Mayo's Confessions. Confess all. We won't tell anyone. Father Simon and the endlessly forgiving and gracious collective. Uh-huh. This story takes place in November 1999. I had left the safe sanctuary of my home county of Cornwall and decided to join the RAF. I think I could have definitely been described as naive at the time. Cornwall, says Stan, doesn't function like the rest of the country, so I was leaving my very safe life and heading toward basic training of what I should call RAF trousers. That's the name of the camp where he's going. Okay, okay. Right. It's not actually that we've changed no. the name of the camp because mm. it would be a little bit weird if it was called RAF trousers. Basic training was essentially eight weeks of being shouted at for everything. Nothing was good enough. Everything required raised voices and everything required polishing. About halfway through basic training, we're all shipped off to be shouted at, even louder, by RAF Regiment. I'm going to do this piece to camera two. RAF Regiment, a specialist corps, uh, specialising in soldiering tasks related to air power, like evacuations, that kind of thing. Back to main camera. (laughs) I think a lot of the punishments dished out by the regiment were for their own amusement. 
like the time they had me frog hopping around the parade ground on a particularly cold day, shouting at the top of my voice, I'm feeling warmer now! I'm feeling warmer now! <laughs> okay. Very funny if you're in RAF Regiment. Mm -hmm. My 24 year old confession comes from the particular day when we were shown how to use camouflage paint. I should say at this point, although I was indeed naive, I was also annoyingly confident. If I was the centre of attention and everyone was laughing, then it was mission accomplished. I'd do anything for a laugh, literally anything. Such an opportunity presented itself on Camo Paint Day, as it was referred to. Camouflage paint, Camo Paint, is a very thick, oily sort of face paint. It doesn't feel particularly pleasant, but that mattered not. I'd quickly made myself into something resembling a cross between Arnold Schwarzenegger and a shrub. <laughs> I, was, I was incredibly proud of my effort. I was almost invisible, a shadow, almost a myth, in fact. There were a few others who hadn't been quite so skilled as myself. There was one lad in particular who had really struggled. He'd mainly used the lighter-coloured paint and looked as though he'd just come back from two weeks in the Bahamas. <laughs> I saw an opportunity. I approached him out of the shadows, suddenly appearing like a ninja. He didn't spot me at first. He thought I was just a shrub. <laughs> Blowing in the wind next to him. Yep, yep. When he realised I was actually a person, I offered to help. Do you want a hand? I said. I. He jumped a little. Of course. I think you've used a little too much of the light colour. I said very sincere. Yes, please, if you could help me, that would be great. Thank you. I deployed some of the darker colour. Not much just a bit. Telling him he looked great, I disappeared into the shadows, never to be seen again. The regiment sergeant then came over for a quick inspection. I was amazed he could see any of us. Of course, <laughs> we were critiqued with a certain amount of aggression. However, his anger suddenly peaked when he reached the airman who resembled... Well, I can only describe him as a tanned Adolf Hitler at the end of the line. <laughs> what? Oh, no. He'd only used a very little amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel I saw a want to smile and laugh briefly across the sergeant's face. However, the rage quickly took over. The said rage was initially aimed at the young airman before it was explained that it was someone else who had done the paint. Stepping back with authority, he glared up and down the line. Who was it then? This is the man <laughs> Windsor from Davis. Yes. Yeah. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Point them out and they'll be reflighted quicker than they can run. Now, being reflighted was our worst nightmare. It meant we got put back a week and had to retake that part of the course all over again. Another week of shouting, another week of polishing. My heart sank, realising that I'd gone too far this time. However, when the young lad came to identify the perpetrator, he was faced with a group of people who all looked exactly <laughs> the same. He had absolutely no idea who had committed the camouflage indiscretion. He thought it was someone who looked a bit like Arnold Schwarzenegger and a yeah, shrub. Yeah. Mm. We were all punished with multiple press-ups, sit-ups and sprints around the hangar carrying all of our gear. Thankfully, when trying to identify me, the tears of laughter running down my face weren't noticed. The camouflage paint is, it appears, water-resistant. So I seek forgiveness from my colleagues who were punished for my need to get a laugh and from the young airman who I briefly turned into a ruthless dictator. I like to think the sergeant had a good laugh when out of sight of the recruits. But we'll never know, says Stan. Uh, now, no, now, you see, now normally I'd be thinking, well, I, someone who demands to be the centre of attention can be incredibly annoying, as I suspect Stan might mm. well be. However, mm. he did he did well with the camouflage paint, but did he do well enough with Sister Holly? Let's find out. Yeah, I mean, the whole class clown thing is really quite irritating. Also, he... These RAF guys, they do not mess around and they don't take a joke well. He already knew this. And so for him to do that, he knew this was going to end badly. And then for the whole group then to have to do all these press-ups and sit-ups and sprinting and running around all because you thought you'd do some funny little joke. It was never going to go down well. And I feel sorry for the poor guy. Uh, and so for all of those reasons, I'm not forgiving at all. I, suspe I suspect Matt might feel differently. Yes, I'm going to say forgiven on two points. Yes. And the 
first point is this. It was the perfect crime, wasn't it? When do you ever get the opportunity to commit the perfect crime where you can be disguised as a shrub and, and totally camouflaged? No one knows it's you because you look like all the other shrubs and gives him a Hitler moustache and, and it's all fine. The other reason is uh, because they threatened collective punishment and we've seen once again that collective punishment doesn't work. They said, oh, we're going to put you back a week. You're going to have to do the whole thing again. And then when he couldn't identify the other guy, he said, all right, forget that idea. You're just going to do a few laps around the yard. It was never going to happen. And for that reason, I'm going to forgive. Collective punishment once again falls on its face. What's the collective punishment that you were given, which has made you? React I, I, so I, well, it's the it's the standard. Something has happened in the classroom, right? Until someone uh, holds their hands up and admits to what has happened, you are all going to be kept in beyond the bell. And everyone in that room knows you're not getting caught, uh, kept in behind the bell because the amount of admin involved in keeping those kids there, and the school buses are waiting at the gate, and uh, parents are waiting to pick up all the kids. There's no way it's going to happen, and and so. This whole idea of the collective punishment is a farce, and I've called it out once so again. How many times did it happen to you? Then? Well, just the once. It happened it was... to me as well. Yeah. Like, so annoying. Yeah. So annoying. We were kept in at break time, though, so we oh, were right. actually officially kept okay, in. Okay, so yes. it did work there. Someone right. stole someone's Okay, pedal. still to come on the Confessions <laughs> podcast. Suddenly just lost interest briefly. <laughs> Sadie's classic from the crypt, I don't want to be another page in your diary. Mr. Mackay's story from the slammer, Norman Stanley Fletcher. And next... Chloe's tale, my best friend's girlfriend. Confess all. We won't tell anyone. Just the entire nation. Simon Mayo's Confessions. I think we're going to have to give this a PG or a 12 certificate Ooh. just for the sheer amount of alcohol that is consumed oh, right. in a relatively short space okay. of time. That's what I'm saying. Simon and the Forgiving Fellow, says Chloe. Uh, first of all, thank goodness you're back. I have a small baby and spend my nights giving bottles to an infant whilst chortling away to your podcast. I thought I'd write in with my own confession as it really does take me back to my more footloose days as a single lady. About a decade ago, I went to Bruges with an old French friend who I met at a Catholic camp. I have since relapsed, as you're about to find out, <laughs> but the friendship has continued. She and I had a great time tasting all the beers. And obviously anyone who knows Belgian beers yeah, knows yeah, that yeah. if you tasted all the beers, that's a lot of alcohol that you're taking. <laughs> and I managed to convince an old travelling friend, let's call him Steve, to come visit on the Saturday from his home in Brussels. Now, I might have rather fancied Steve when we were travelling, and whilst he was definitely not boyfriend material... He was quite dashing and charming on meeting up again. Mm -hmm. It's interesting between someone who's dashing and charming but definitely not boyfriend yeah. material. Anyway, a day and evening of drinking and laughing ensued and we all spoke French as I'm half French and fluent. My French Catholic friend seemed to get on well with Steve as well and we convinced him to stay past his last train back to Brussels despite the lack of accommodation. We said us girls could head to toe in a bunk in our hostel and he could have the other bunk. So we stumbled in fairly inebriated fashion into our dorm and all the girls in the other bunk seemed very annoyed that we'd brought someone back. We were making quite a wee racket. So they started to threaten to go and tell the reception people and get us all kicked out for sneaking someone in, which is obviously against the rules. Steve was in the bunk above us and was too drunk to obey orders, which is almost a Dead Kennedys song, but not. <laughs> he would... Second reference to the Dead Kennedys yeah, in half an say, hour. Yeah. He would keep leaning over and saying he needed company uh -oh. as he was going to rush off to get the first train. So we had to have one girl up there in order for it not to look like we had someone there in the morning. I needed no excuse, so I said, oh, all right, I'll go. He was clearly just wanting a cheeky snog. So up I went and sure enough we had a little cheeky snog And he kept whispering just how much he liked me I was keen to shut him up so he tried to pretend to fall asleep In order for us not to be kicked out by the dorm mates He continued and said he'd really really fancied me Hadn't it been obvious And I said frankly no I didn't get that vibe from you at all when we were travelling He suddenly went silent and said Chloe I said yes it was a long silence, he said. Well, my version is, oh, bother. At this point, I realised he thought he was snogging my friend. <laughs> oh, no! 
dear. Oh, no. Oh, right. OK. I immediately got angry slash embarrassed and kicked him out of bed. He apologised profusely <laughs> as he was sent to the train station several hours early for the first train. He couldn't tell the difference. Oh, dear. I don't ask forgiveness from Steve, who was clearly an outrageous flirt who can't tell the difference between me and my friend. But... <laughs> I do seek forgiveness from my friend Isabel. Ah, oh, she's named at the end. Oh. Who I couldn't face telling the truth in the morning. I told her he'd wanted to leave early for his train because he couldn't sleep, which was partly true. So please forgive me for not coming clean and telling the full embarrassing tale. Also for assuming he was after me and denying her the opportunity to turn him down herself or marry him and have babies, as is the Catholic way. Yes. Thank you and hurrah <laughs> and return... <laughs> Right. right. I mean, that went down an avenue. Yes, yeah. it did. Yeah. As indeed did their evening. <laughs> well, you know, when you think yes. about it. But that's Belgian beer for you. And if you have too much Belgian beer, those kind of shenanigans will take place. Let that be a warning to you, Sister Holly. Yes. I mean, really, when you invited him back to your room uh, at the hostel, I feel like there might have been some ulterior motives there. Yes. Uh, which I'm I'm just less than impressed with, really. Also, the uh, lots and lots of drinking, never a good idea, is it, really? Uh, and and so for, for, all, for those reasons, really, I, I, th- I just think it was a little bit gross, all the snogging. Just no, a bit much. Uh, and okay. so not forgiving. <laughs> How strong is this beer? 13%. Okay, yeah. I'll have another one. Yeah. Mm. Another litre please yeah, maybe not oh, I mean, I, I was in Bruges last summer and I can attest to the strength of those Belgian beers uh, I had two and was ready to go home although you do have chip vans in Bruges which were is even invited better. to a bunk <laughs> no I wasn't no absolutely no bunking um, so um, I'm going to forgive I mean everyone really made poor life choices here didn't they I mean going back to the and being in the bunk and and Chloe getting confused with Isabel and, and all of that Steve really you know uh, it just doesn't sound like boyfriend material to me. And he ended up getting his train, didn't he? So it all worked out well for everyone. So for that reason, I'm, I'm going, going to forgive. Simon Mayo's Confessions. We won't tell anyone. What? Oh, sorry, sorry. I mean, we will tell everyone. Uh, today's confession comes from Mr Mackay. I have given uh, Holly a little um, lecture in <laughs> Delights of Porridge. Yeah. Mm. 1970s sitcom style anyway so it comes from Mr Mackay Dear all I would like to be referred to as Mr Mackay during this confession those who know know Mm -hmm. Father Simon brother Matt and Holly no point in schmoozing here I already know which way this vote is going (laughs) Really? The story starts in 1988 with a district line tube journey back home from my job in the post office I noticed above the seats opposite me an advert for what would eventually become my new career Join the prison service it said Now, the thought of carrying a big stick and telling Mr Big to get back in his cell or else was quite appealing. So, off with my application it was. Not sure you got the gist of it, really. A little bit more to it than that. 18 months later and out of the blue, I received my acceptance letter with joining instructions at HMP Slade. Again, porridge. Yeah. I arrived on day one already with my fellow recruits eager to get stuck in. Short hair, shiny boots... Now, the reality was somewhat different to the image of how this was going to go. No one prepared me for the morning slop out, which is exactly what it sounds and exactly what it smells like. Oh, yeah, I should have said. (laughs) If you're having your tea. If you're having your tea, it's another one of those, but not for long. Okay. (laughs) Life went by and I got to grips with the job and when the offer of a move to a brand new state-of-the-art no-one-will-escape-from-here establishment with integral sanitation, I'm in. Where do I sign up? So I moved the family to a sleepy backwater and I started in the brave new world. Slightly naive in the fact that I was now surrounded by murderers, terrorists, armed robbers and other undesirables. Now they have a confession or two. However, the lack of smells was a small price to pay in return for the slim chance that I disappeared on my way home one day, (laughs) never to be seen again. It's a a fatalistic way of approaching your job, Mr Mackay. Several years went by with lots of exciting times when I was transferred to work within the prison's control room, a highly specialised and technical post full of grown-up responsibility. However, to pass the time, we may or may not have taken part in, let's call it, catching 20 winks, normally in the boss's office, until he got wind of this and tore us off a strip. He then took to locking his office when he went home. I shall refer to this man as Napoleon. 
very Captain Mannering. So we're, we're crossing right, yeah, our yeah, 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 yeah. 70s sitcoms here. Not deterred by this, we cunningly found a way in. It's a bit like The Great Escape, but in reverse. <laughs> we realised that we could remove the floor tiles from our room and the panels would come up, allowing us to essentially enter his office in the void, undetected, which, of course, we did. Not to sleep, but to play a few mind games, moving the odd thing around on his desk, uh. rearranging the furniture, all harmless japes. Until the day it clicked with Napoleon that we had something to do with this, as it only seemed to occur when we were on shift. An oversight on our part, he could not work out how we were doing it, however. But he knew, and rather than have a small and quiet word with us, congratulating us on our ingenuity, he decided to shout very loudly at <laughs> our boss, who I'm going to call Mr. Barraclough. Again, uh, yeah, porridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Mr. Barraclough was a bit of a wimp. Jolly nice chap, but not someone you would follow over the top to engage the enemy with. The following night, Mr. Barraclough decided that he had to stamp his authority and tell us off, which, of course, we all took on the chin, admitting nothing. However, Mr. Barraclough liked to have a shower at work, normally just before the shift changeover, and to show our displeasure at how he might have taken Napoleon's side, we entered the shower room and emptied his shower gel out and topped the bottle up with cooking oil. Oh, how he laughed when <laughs> lathering up. Even louder when he came out of the cubicle to mumble loudly at us and discover that his uniform and towel had all disappeared. We were, after all, in a prison full of rogues, bounders and vagabonds. Up came the floor tiles, under we went, with the confiscated clothing nicely arranged in Napoleon's office. The plan being that Mr. Barraclough would come out of hiding, no, would come out, comma, hiding his yes. modesty behind the hand <laughs> towel that we left him, uh. and then see his uniform in the office. Once he applauded our genius, we would have then retrieved them for him and all would be well. The one anomaly we did not factor into this plan was that Napoleon came into work much earlier than expected. And as he approached his office, he was met with a scantily clad senior officer and the sight of his clothing in his office behind a locked door to which only he had the key. It was all very Jonathan Creek. Another TV <laughs> reference. <laughs> We're hitting all of them today. It's yeah. like TV show bingo. As luck would have it, our day shift replacements had started to arrive and we all scuttled off as quickly as possible, leaving Napoleon and Mr. Barraclough staring into each other's eyes. Collective, I do not seek redemption from Napoleon. <laughs> he deserved everything that he got. But on behalf of Team Ruffians, I would like to extend our apologies to Mr. Barraclough. Again, not so much for the jinx, but for abandoning him when he was at his most vulnerable basically naked, and within the stare and grasp of Napoleon, who looked like he was about to explode. We never did find out how that conversation went, and it was never spoken of again. Right, back in your cells, yours, <laughs> Mr Mackay. How nice to remember Fulton yes, Mackay uh, yeah, on, yeah, this, yeah. Uh, on this fine feature. Thank you, Mr Mackay. Uh, we, I don't think we've had a prison officer's confession, not for a no. long, long time. Uh, anyway, Sister Holly, I think you got most of the porridge references because I explained. Yes, yes, thank you for doing that. I mean, yes. the thing is... <sighs> You should have really been working, really, in all of this. Uh, you were sat in the control room and then you were just running around. Just, I mean, the, these prisoners could have, could have been doing anything and you just weren't watching them, which is not very good. Also, Mr. Barraclough, I feel very, very sorry for him. I don't like pranks, as we know, um, and the cooking oil thing in the shower that's, gel. I don't like that. Nasty, not very fun. And also taking his clothes. That's not very fun. That's not fun for Mr. Barraclough. You might have thought it was funny, but it's not funny for him, also, nor is it funny for a Napoleon. Also, Mr. Barraclough is a nice person. Exactly. That, that's the problem. He's, but he's ju just because he's not going on with all of your jolly japes, mm. he doesn't deserve to. Have, you don't want cookie. I mean, it's not. <sighs> it's not very nice. Not I mean, forgiving. Matt doesn't like pranks, but he's going to find some way well, of I, letting Mr. McCarthy. I mean, off. obviously, Mr. Barraclough, very nice man, but. Who has a shower at work? I've never understood that. It doesn't make any sense. Why? I mean, getting naked at work, never a good idea. And being in a shower, absolutely never, ever There's do that. There's a shower that. at the end of this corridor. Yeah, really? Yes. No one will ever use... I my, my guarantee, money on the table, no one ever uses that shower. Because it's a very weird thing to be doing that at work. So, What if you cycle um, into work and yeah. you're sweaty? Cycle, I mean, imagine that. No, no chance. Um, but, and also, I'm going to forgive for the porridge references. Because, uh, uh, wasn't that great? Ronnie Barker. Uh, so, yes, definitely forgive him. Well, shortly after that went out, uh, the confessions inbox was bulging with comments like this from Stuart. Hi, Simon. Nobody showers at work. As a prison officer slash manager for 32 years, I have lost count of the number of times I've had to shower at work oh, after right. getting various unsavoury things thrown at me. 
We are not alone. Think of the police, NHS, firefighters, all in the same situation and showering at work every day. Not to mention those who run or cycle into work. I hope Matt is ready to reconsider his stance on showers and getting naked at work. Love the show. Keep it up. I mean, obviously... If you've had... If you've had stuff thrown at you at work, at you. I don't know how common that is. Doesn't happen to me often. Um, so if you don't <laughs> get yet. things thrown at work, then why? Should, and also, I mean, I know someone who uh, ran into work and he never showered. Yeah, so I don't. I don't think. <laughs> I reckon the guys at Planet Rock, if they see you jogging oh, past the studio, they'll yeah. probably throw things. At they they, they mm. definitely would, wouldn't they? Um, so so yeah. So I stand by my point that uh, most people agree with me on the shower, thing. even though. The evidence points the even, other way. even though the evidence appears right. to look different. Uh, so let's unearth another classic confession from the crypt. Our second of two lockdown confessions this week. Uh, this one at Gail Crawford's request. Hi, Simon, Matt, and Holly. The confession I would love to hear again was about a PowerPoint presentation at work when I was driving when I originally heard this one uh, on the radio and I had to stop the cars. I couldn't see for tears of laughter. I really hope you can find it and play it again. I seem to remember Matt was laughing uncontrollably too. Correct. Thanks for a great show from Gail. Uh, well, this came with a 12 certificate rating uh, initially, so I think we should probably <laughs> yes, it did. stand oh, it uh, did. with that. Uh, duplicated and restored from a Denon CD cart this very morning. This is Sadie's confession, which we called at the time... I don't want to be another page in your diary. This is a Yazoo record. It is, yes. I don't want to be a... Be a I don't want to be another... I don't want to be... I don't, uh, uh, <laughs> don't want to be another page in your diary. Something to confess. Simon Mayo's Confessions. Well, today's confession comes from Sadie. Um, and Sadie says... Think, I think this will be a good one. Father Simon, brother from the gutter, Matthew, and yep. sister Susie from the pub. My confession concerns a weekend during lockdown when I was working from home full-time. So there's a lockdown... I don't think we've had a lock... Specifically, That's a lockdown true. confession. Yeah. We had an enthusiastic new boss who, as enthusiastic <laughs> bosses seem to like to yep. do, chose 4pm one Friday to share a good idea in an email. Oh, he wow. want Yes, exactly. He wanted to get a better handle yeah. on what we're all up to whilst working remotely. He suggested we should have a quick look at our online calendars over the weekend. Nothing major, he assured us. We just had to give him an idea of what tasks filled every hour of the working week. We then present our calendars to the group in the following Monday departmental Zoom meeting. Deep joy, nothing major. Present to the group what a fun weekend lay in store. My online calendar was haphazard, Father Simon, and neglected. Only colleagues' birthdays and just the odd meeting to view, and then only because someone else had set them up. I was happy with my system of sticky note reminders around the edge of my laptop screen, but this wouldn't be suitable for the new boss, obviously. The truth is I didn't actually know how to use my online calendar. <laughs> Normally, I'd have asked my husband for tips, but he was a key worker away on duty with the Ministry of Defence. I had no choice but to do it myself, and through trial and error and watching many YouTube clips, had a smart weekly calendar by Saturday evening. My working hours were all accounted for and colour-coded according to tasks or activities. Even more impressively, I had somehow managed to set up a separate family calendar and link the whole lot with my smart watch. Wow. Wow, this is incredible. Oh. What could go wrong? I was very pleased with myself and spent some time boring the pants off my family <laughs> on our group chat about how accomplished I was. Nice. So back to my husband working away with only very brief trips home, ships passing in the night we were. On Sunday morning, we glimpsed one another as he collected a clean uniform and I headed out for a run. He had good news, though. He got Wednesday night off, to which my jokey reply was something like, great, uh, great I'll schedule some quality time. Wednesday at 7, see you then. We both laughed and thought nothing more of it. On Monday, feeling confident, I joined the meeting with the new boss, same as the old boss, and we all spent a few minutes going through each other's diary entries for the day. The boss seemed impressed with our weekend's work, although he did ask me to tweak my settings because he wasn't sure he needed to see exactly what my children were up to. <laughs> Not a problem, lose the family calendar link, this was easily remedied. But as I went into my settings, everything seemed to happen at once. A text arrived from my husband, clearly urgent. Check your online diary now. Did you actually have to do that? In capital letters. 
puzzled and doing that, trying not to look like you're texting in a meeting thing, I started a reply, but then heard the words, Hey everybody, can I draw your attention to a very special event that Sadie has planned for Wednesday evening? Oh, I glanced up at the screen. My boss was grinning. Confused, I scrolled I scrolled across and down, as did the rest of my colleagues, and there it was, just beyond the end of Wednesday's beautifully colour-coded working day. 7 p.m. Midweek Nookie. <laughs> I was mortified. I was mortified and still am writing this out. Father Simon, I perhaps hadn't heard the OK from my smartwatch as I was leaving the kitchen the previous day. But my... I should have said 12 certificates. But my words had been registered and my calendar updated. So much for my confidence and newfound expertise. This was awful. I'll never forget the sight of a screen full of bosses and colleagues all giggling at me, nor will I ever live down the stream of group chat messages from my children over the next few days, such as midweek nookie, T-minus 10 hours. Oh, no. So I'm not asking for forgiveness from my boss or colleagues. It's my ineptitude totally brightened their week. Nor do I ask forgiveness from my children for suggesting that us old people still have a life. As for my husband... I do seek forgiveness for sharing way more information publicly than was actually necessary. I hope the jury will look kindly on me, though I'm fully expecting Matt not to. Thank you so much. Love the show very, very much indeed. Nicely done. Nice face. Sadie says uh, thank you very much. So let's see where we go with that one. Sister Susie. Oh, Sadie. Do you know what? I completely feel for you. I, I have also tried to sync up calendars with disastrous effects. Not quite that bad, but it wasn't just your work colleagues. <laughs> it was your children as well. I, you've had enough embarrassment. I completely forgive you. OK, very good. Actually, and the punchline of that is actually a three-worder as well. That's, that's, <laughs> that's all you need. Brother from another gutter. I mean, obviously, we're going to forgive that because that's the best laugh I've had this week. That is superb. <laughs> Having your watch remind you that it's time for midweek nookie. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, yeah, definitely forgiven. Well done, Sadie. Simon Mayo's Confessions. We won't tell anyone. What? Oh, sorry, sorry. I mean, we will tell everyone. Uh, and thank you very much for writing in and requesting uh, one of the confessions from the crypt. And if there's something you would like us to play, a classic confession we could play again, uh, or maybe you just want to kind of relive the magic moment. Because you know, if, it, if it's basically from the other side, we can't, we don't no. have the rights. No. We could knock on their door and they'd say, no, go but away. But you can remind us of it and we can wax lyrical all exactly. about how fabulous it was. Send your uh, suggestions to confessions at greatesthitsradio.co.uk. Wrapping up this week's service is Brother Matt with the secret code phrase. Oh, right, so the code phrase is obviously going to be Vanessa Feltz. Do you think it should be Vanessa Feltz 49%? 49? <laughs> 49. 49? 49? Half, half yes. the population. Yeah. It's <laughs> not making it better. If you've listened this far, tweet me uh, with that secret code phrase at Twitter, which used to be called X. I've got that the wrong way mm. around. Uh, or at Mr. Simon Mayo on threads. Also, I'm on Blue Sky, but you know, you can. But just no one's there. Yeah. Finally, don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe. And keep telling everyone that the Simon Mayo Confessions podcast is back. Until next time, Sister Holly says. Goodbye. Brother Matthew says. Hasta la vista. Really? Yep. And bless you for listening. Simon Mayo's Confessions. Want to confess? Simon Mayo would love to hear your story. He may even keep it to himself. He definitely won't keep it to himself. Send gory details, please, to confessions at greatesthitsradio.co.uk. Is that good Is enough that good? for you? Thank you. Thank you. Pop. Fab.